love that. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Feed Me Your Construction Content. I am Carolyn McMahon. I'm Joshua McMahon, and I am so happy to be here. Are you really, Josh? I am. I'm really happy. I'm excited about this podcast. Me too, but it's not about my favorite subject. (laughs) Can you take a guess what that is? (laughs) Uh, this is a PG podcast. I think we talked no, about that no, last no, week. No, 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 no. I'm just saying me. Oh. I am my favorite. Subject. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh, uh, no, you're not. All right. This week, we're going to talk about warranty. Yes, warranty. But you like to call it. I like to call it customer service. What's the difference? I'm a spin doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it customer service because I think you are... Doing service, which would be the warranty piece, but the customer should be first. So, customer service. Okay. I got it. I mean, you know, warranty is a necessary evil in our business, right? Absolutely. So, what do you think of when you hear warranty? (laughs) What do I think of? Well, okay. So, I'll go first. Warranty. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, man, I have finished the house. I should be done. That's true, because it is difficult, especially from the person who's built the house or the person who's building homes. It's very difficult because you get to the finish line, you get to the closing, and I'm done. Right, I you want to right, you want to hand the keys over, change the locks, and get to your next thing. And that's how I am. You know, I I almost feel like uh, warranty is going backwards when all I want to do is go forward. <laughs> it's that's a great perspective though because i do think that that's what troubles a lot of us in our industry is that we think that i've closed it so that in a sense is my handoff from me production to the customer service or the warranty department my experience is um the warranty department doesn't always get along with with the project managers right (laughs) they feel like they're fixing their screw-ups or you know lack of whatever Every every builder I've ever been at, <laughs> I don't think the warranty department or the production department ever got along. Yeah, you never see eye to eye. And you always, you know, well, warranty wants to assess blame. And the project manager was like, look, you know, I built the house. This is This is your baby now. I think it's a little bit of a respect thing because project managers maybe don't respect the warranty team. And the warranty team recognizes that and feels that. And then they don't want to come behind and fix something that the project manager should have already finished. You know, but that's a good point. But really, to me, warranty, if you you, know, you peel back the layers, warranty is really something that has gone wrong beyond the project managers. Possibly. I mean... It, it's not always the project manager no, didn't it, finish something. No, it's, or, or, you know, like I said, I, I think warranty is something, like, it, it breaks, it fails. It's It's not... Oh, you know, the drywall guy didn't do a good job. I've got to repaint this wall. I mean, it's 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 handled as such, but I don't really think it's true warranty. Sometimes that is the case where the project manager didn't finish something, didn't give everything they could to make it right or trade let us down. That that is absolutely true. That happens. Generally speaking, we want warranty to be more exactly what you said. An item has failed or right. broken down or needs additional service. This is why I think we should be calling it customer service and not call it warranty. I think warranty, I don't think warranty 
covers what these individuals do. Because it's a difficult job going back into somebody's house that they're living in. Because sometimes they're going to be mad when you come in there. You're inconveniencing me. We have a warranty person coming to the house on Friday. Yep. Last thing I want to do is take time off to meet with this person to come look at the items that we've placed on our one-year list. When I can just say, I'm in the business. These are the items. Just tell me what your builder will or will not handle. Right. There's no reason to come by and look at it. It's 15 <laughs> minutes. This going to occupy four hours of my day now. <laughs> you, you hope. So, so already this individual, if he listens to this podcast on Friday morning, he's going to know he's walking into a hostile work environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I don't know if you're ever like pumped, you know, to go into a house. Typically not. You're not pumped up, but it takes a special type of person to have that mindset of customer focused. I'm here to remedy any issues that you have or help make you feel good about your purchase and, and getting some things done. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think we just need to figure out a better term. Like, again, customer service is just so. You don't like customer service? No, I don't. It's just so blah. All right, fine. Well, this episode has nothing to do with what we're going to name it. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be. So anybody have some comments? Uh, yeah. Dro drop us a note. But ultimately, who do we serve? We, customers. We, we serve the buyer. We've we've sold them a product, and we want to make sure that we that we live up to it, right? We live up yes. to our standards. Exactly right. We we make it right, and you know whether we're chasing a closing date and we don't have time to make something a hundred percent, we go ahead and close it. The project manager still owns it, in my opinion. Mine too. I'm very old school in that sense. So when I came up in the business. I came up as a customer service rep. That's what my title was. I was fixing a lot of mistakes and problems. And this is what I liked about it. I got to learn how to resolve problems, think on my feet, fix things, so that when I had the opportunity to move into a project manager role, I remembered those lessons. Oh, I remember this. This happened here. Or this happened there. Okay, now I'm seeing it as it's being installed, and I'm saying, that's going to be a problem down the road. Whereas if I didn't have that experience for those several years, I wouldn't know that. And then I would build it with the exact same issues and pass it along, meaning we never improve. I believe you should start in the customer service or warranty sector, move into project management, but project managers should still own the house until it's closed, until the end of the year, whatever your warranty cycle is. Oh, okay. So you're saying... It, it doesn't end with the keys and the money, right? The, no, I, the don't, I don't think it does because it's it's to my point that if I built a house, I move on, I go to the, do to the next one. How do I know what issues I had in that house? How do I know what to change about my process? Unless your warranty or customer service team is is communicating that back to you, and if they're doing that, then that's great because that's what we're looking for. Well, right, but I, I I would I would guess that that doesn't happen very often. In my experience, it doesn't happen at all. You work for a company that's relatively busy. How are you going to go to the next house when you still own an entire warranty period, one year? That's why you need that warranty team. Okay. So whether it be however your company's set up, you need those individuals to help you. But it needs to be a warm handoff between production and, and warranty. It cannot be... I've closed the house. Now it's yours. It's your problem. Right. Well, there we go with the handoffs again. But I think it's so critical <laughs> and it's something that we get wrong. Sales sells it. 
production then just jumps in and starts building it, and then we close it, and then warranty steps in and starts servicing it. What we're doing is you go to football terms as the quarterback, you hand off the ball to the to the running back. You know that he's got it because it hits him in the chest. He's he wraps it up and he goes. It's a warm handoff. If it's not that that he's well, going to fumble the ball. Well, right, but it's meant to be that way too because the the quarterback can't do it all. And neither can the project manager, neither can the sales rep or anybody else. We need our who's to be able to get the job done. But there's definitely a breakdown, I, I feel, in the various positions that you've held over the years. I've never <laughs> seen you have a great relationship with the warranty department. No. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you trying to search for a time where you did? <laughs> I don't I don't think I ever did. And, and I'm sure... You know, they will say that it's my fault, and that's okay. I love living in your head. I say that the best warranty experience we had was at a builder where I first moved into a leadership role where where I oversaw the warranty and the production, and my superintendents oversaw their own warranty. We weren't building a lot of houses, 70 homes a year, four communities, so it was manageable. But we had a closing season where you would close two to four homes. And then when you weren't in that that grind of closing homes, now you're in warranty season and you would really focus and get your warranty done. And that time, those superintendents grew and are great project managers today and other builders and doing really good things. But it's because of that that foundation that they had. Well, I could certainly see the benefit. Um, you know, there's lots of name calling right? <laughs> or, oh, this person told me that you know this would happen. And so that project manager kind of owns it through the warranty period. It's like, well, no. I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I never said I was going to do that. If they if they continued on, right after close, post close. That's why you need that warm handoff, though. If you have two separate departments, or you have two separate departments reporting to a con- director of construction or whatever the person's role is, you need that warm handoff between the groups. But you need communication to continually flow between the groups so you improve. Well, I do like what you said that you handled both departments. You could almost, you know force <laughs> continuity or force teamwork. Again, you know, if you're all beating the same drum, you've got no choice but to be united. And if you're not, then people need to geo. Well, the alignment was strong. And I was I'm more of a servant leader. So I was in the field with them at times too. So I was doing my normal job on the, on the computer and doing those things. But I would also go out there and help them, especially if it was more challenging opportunities with customers. I wanted to be there with them to help them get that stuff done. So we we built a really strong team. Warranty in general is just not not fun, right? So imagine what kind of experience you can deliver by giving a great warranty experience. Because most folks do understand that things are going to go wrong in a build, but it's like how you handle it. Yes, there was a leak in my house when I first moved in, but gosh, these guys came in, took care of it. It was super quick. They were tidy. Yep. They didn't ruin my house. And they can talk about that. And I think that speaks volumes. It does. And, and that's that's really what's critical. And, that, and that's some of what we're going to get into in this this episode, just five different things that we can do today to improve our customer service with our with our clients. Okay. And we'll get to that towards maybe the back half of this episode. Oh, yeah. We got more? No, that's it. Let's, let's, let's just it. get it on. Let's get, <laughs> let's get to it. God, <laughs> so let's talk about warranty process. When you, when you buy a house... Is the warranty explained to you? Yeah. How often is it explained to you? How well is it explained to you? That's a great point. And, th- and that's one of the things that I'm a stickler on is, do we have a process 
Is there a playbook written? Has it been communicated to the customer? Most importantly, has it been communicated to your internal staff? And are they all bought into the playbook? Well, right. Or what's considered warranty. There's no way to force a customer's compliance with reading their no. documents. I mean, you know, you close a house and people call and, what do you mean I can't have a privacy fence? Well, I mean, it was in your HOA documents that you signed that you received. I can't force you to read them, but I've provided you the tools to get there and, and, and you don't. So, you know, could we perhaps talk about the warranty? Through the build. Yes, I, I think that's exactly what it is. And that's where that playbook comes into place if, you're, if your sales team understands that warranty playbook. Any playbook within the business. Your production team understands that playbook. We're all communicating it throughout the build, throughout the experience. We're creating this experience. So anytime anybody says something, they're like, yep, that's exactly what Johnny said. Yep, that's exactly what the sales rep said. It's, it's all the same language and you're creating this this really good cohesive experience for the customer, they know exactly what to expect because they're hearing the same thing from everybody. Because right. customers will challenge you just to hear if somebody says something different. And the <laughs> moment they find somebody that says something different, now there's a chink in your armor and now you're in trouble. <laughs> you're vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that's a big part of communication, communicating the process through the the entire way. Yep. And then, you know, hopefully Everyone's, like I said, alignment. That's the key thing. Because when I think of customer service or warranty, I don't think of just the warranty department, just the customer service department. I believe that everybody is part of the warranty department. Everybody is customer service oriented. And when we all have that same frame of mind and we're all working to help each other resolve things, it's a great experience for everybody. And sure, you're going to get the one-off customers that you just can't make happy. But it's okay because you've got your team to lean on and you're not worried about or that one person is not devouring your time or your energy and making you feel like this this job sucks. I'm, I'm getting the heck out of here because right. that happens. So five ways that we can improve our customer service today. Carolyn already touched on one of them, communication. How many problems could we solve with communication alone? Well, right. And this is not limited to just, you know, this, this podcast, this subject. But, you know, part of that, again, was the process. Is the process communicated through the entire build process? And then second is responsiveness, right? So you've closed the house. Is this warranty issue important? If the warranty team doesn't think it is, then for sure it's not, right? It's it's never going to get done. No one's excited to do it. And then the customer can feel that. Oh, the customer definitely feels that. And, and when it comes to the responsiveness, what's our playbook say? How quick do we respond to customers' warranty claims? 24 hours, 48 hours. It could be just an email, a phone call, a text, whatever it is that you choose as your means of communication, but make sure we execute that. It's trackable. We know what that is. When we do respond to customers, provide a response that's actually helpful. I can't tell you how many times I have overheard people saying, well, that, that's not, that's not me. That was the trade did that. Oh, the project manager did that. Oh, this guy, the customer could give two shits. Who's to blame? They just want it fixed. So if you think your job is to just find someone else to blame, you should find a different job or certainly not be in the warranty department. I don't think you have a place in this this uh, construction industry. <laughs> if all you do is blame somebody else, I don't know how people survive that way. I don't. I don't know. But 
It happens more more often than not, unfortunately. What's the next thing, babe? Like this one, don't ever lie or try to bullshit your client. <laughs> it said BS, y'all, but I'm not feeling PG. <laughs> Honesty is so important. There are going to be times when you're not going to know the answer. When you've dropped the ball, well, you were supposed right. to schedule something and you didn't do it. If you lie to them, they will sense it. And if they figure out you're lying to them, there's no recovery from that. We've, we've touched on it before about the, being vulnerable, right? I mean, I, I have often said, I've screwed this up. I'm so sorry. You know, and then what can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, how can, how can I recover and, and get this done for you? And most folks want to, want to reach a solution. That's right. Yeah. M- most people are reasonable. People. <laughs> They're going to take your vulnerability, take your apology, and then offer ideas on what they're looking for. And if we're honest and we're doing these things and we're doing the right stuff and we've been true to the process or who we are throughout the build, you've built that rapport and you'll you'll quickly get over that. But if you haven't built that rapport and all you do is blame somebody else or apologize all the time, oh, you're not getting anywhere with that. Oh, gosh. Apologies. They don't work. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I don't know what the apology is. Like, I need a result. I have an issue. I want a result. So you telling me you're sorry doesn't mean anything. So you saying, I'm sorry. Okay, great. I accept your apology. When will you be here? I don't know. Okay, so your apology doesn't mean crap to me then. (laughs) (laughs) Right? People want results. Give them a result. Give them a response that's actually helpful. Or pass it to somebody else. Well, well, right. And then, um, you know, you touched on it. Alignment. Yep. So critical in, in the home building business. But I would argue alignment is important in any business. Well, it is because, you know, the same person signs your checks. Yep. The person that builds the house gets paid by the same person. The person that's in the warranty department gets paid sure. by the same person. And there's so many times where I've even heard sales agents over the time and they'll refer to their employer as the builder. Well, the, the builder, you know, doesn't do yes. this. The builder doesn't. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You are the builder. That's exactly right. Whether you sell for the builder whether you design for the builder, you are the builder. That's right. So alignment, it is critical. Again, ensuring a playbook is adopted. Everyone is on the team is on the team. You nailed that piece, though. I have heard that said more times than not, that the builder doesn't do X. The builder doesn't do this. What are you talking about? You you are 100% right. You represent the builder. You're paid by the builder. You represent the builder. If you don't think you represent the builder, go find another job. Yeah, or go... Start your own business. (laughs) Yeah, but you are a representation of the builder. Things you say, things you do comes back on the builder. If you're driving a company truck and you wreck it, that comes back on the builder. You are representing the builder. Sure. 1-800-HAS-MY-DRIVING. All right. The last uh, part on the alignment, don't blame one another. We've already touched on this. I don't think you can touch on this enough. Blaming each other or blaming trades or blaming something doesn't help anything. Customers want results. They're paying for results, not your BS, not your opinion. And then lastly, just follow through. So critical. This is uh, the same for everything. Just just do what you say you're going to do. And if you can't get it done, then just communicate back. Yes. Hey, I was hoping that I would have this information by the end of the day. But I don't. You don't even have to say, but so-and-so didn't call me back. That's right? exactly right. Again, touching on that blame part, you just say, I don't have it, but this is what I'm going to do. Blah, 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 blah. 
and you know they may not like it typically they'll appreciate the the phone call because again so you know if you don't say anything yeah it's bad yes that's correct you should update your customer you should communicate with your customer your point is valid if you don't have anything new you should still reach out and say hey i have done this i'm waiting on some more information to get to you i'm i'm trying to get something scheduled whatever you're doing just inform them cuz they want to know that they matter that's the most important piece of the whole puzzle is am i important because i can't tell you how many times i've heard customers say now that you've got my money you're not interested in doing the service oh yeah of course and for me and you that that's never been true i mean my last company that abruptly ended my last thing that i did was service for a customer on something that we did wrong my last day with the company i was in the field doing service because it meant something to me my word meant something i told the customer it will be done and i made damn sure it was done i think you're still doing some work for that chick (laughs) (laughs) you left (laughs) oh i was still helping her with things yeah and then i was like hey you need to reach out to the builder i i do not represent the builder i cannot Right. Like th- this is this is uh, not not good or I don't know. I had to cut ties, though. <laughs> but I did what I said I was going to do because I didn't want to leave her hanging. Ensure you're scheduling and maximizing the time you're asking your customers to take off. We just talked on, on this. The builder's coming to the house on Friday. It will take him 15 minutes, but it's going to cost me four hours. You need to maximize the time. Are there anything on the list that you can do at that same time? And then when you start scheduling work, don't ask me to take five different days off. Schedule everything for one day. Right. And make your best effort. And if you say three weeks from Thursday, I'm going to run every trade through your house. I need you there for eight hours. You got it. You got it. Give me your best shot. I know people might not come through. Something will happen. But give me 90%. Make my time worth it. Right? Paperwork. This is all about the follow through. We should have paperwork. To do the work, the paperwork should be signed by the customer when the work is completed, and it should be filed and then removed from our system. So you should have something. This is part of your playbook, but you need paperwork to document what you're doing. And even have paperwork for things that you're not going to do. Say it's an item a customer has submitted, and you say, this is not warrantable, and here's the reasons why. You don't have to sign off on this. I'm going to keep the document in our file, but I am closing it from the system. And why would we want to do that? You want to track that so if down the road something comes up from that and we determine it is a warrantable item, you've got paperwork to go back to and look at and reference. Or if there's a new warranty cat and the buyer tries it again. Because they will. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones. We denied you six months ago. Why why are you pulling this crap on us again? (laughs) That's why you want paperwork. That's why you want a really good system to document this stuff. And then here's the key thing. Don't close any items unless you have it written, signed or written by the customer that the work is done. Verbal is not good enough. Text message is not good enough. Email is good enough if it's clear on what the, the, the item X has been completed. Like have it clear so that there's no uncertainty of no. Uh, well, do you, do you get the trade to ask for a signature yeah. or do you have someone from the warranty follow up and say, hey, was this work done to your completion? Both. To your I, satisfaction, I think- rather. I think you do both. If you have paperwork, coach your subs to bring the paperwork with them, have the customer sign it off, 
trade sends it in. The second thing would be your warranty department should be following up with the customer. I worked for a company where they would close out tickets because the vendor sent the invoice saying the work was done. I said, so you went and paid the vendor to do work that you never verified and you never talked to the customer and make sure it was done. Yeah, well, why would they send us an invoice if it wasn't done? I said, good God, man. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me see if I can get my company into the system. I'll send you some invoices. That's bad business. You should double check with your customer because what if the trade went in there and damaged something? What if they tracked mud in the house? What if they did a bad job and the customer's pissed and we don't know it? I guess they figure someone will be calling them and then the call never comes. That's right. So you had an opportunity to capture an issue with the customer. You had an opportunity to make it better and you passed on it because the easy button was just to pay the invoice and close the item. That is not customer service. It closes the loop. That's 100% right. Cradle to grave, right? It starts with a, a ticket or a submission for something wrong. It's closed by, yes, a customer has confirmed that the item is complete. That makes you feel good, and your warranty department feels good. You can you can hang your hat on that. Well, right. It's, it's defeating, I would imagine, for a warranty department. Gosh, we've got 350 open, <laughs> open warranty items. Yep. I mean... And and there should be some, you know, certainly your paycheck, obviously, is the reason to get it done. But, you know, maybe we need to concentrate more on getting these folks, I don't know, carrot to get it done. How about just reputation? Getting our warranty done and having happy customers builds our reputation, which helps us sell homes in down markets. It's just good business. So really, overall, good customer service can help build customer trust and loyalty. Leads to positive word of mouth. The best salespeople are our customers. That's why you want to provide really good service, really good handoffs between each department. Not blame each other when something doesn't happen. Instead, lean into it and help one another grow. I think that we got a good podcast episode there, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. This week, I did want to give a shout out to Next Level Stairs, LLC out of Petersburg, Virginia. Quick turnaround on stairs, interior stairs, come out, measure. Great to work with. Great communicators. Are these folks going to be doing our stairs? Yes, they will be doing our stairs. And, and uh, as what Carolyn is alluding to is that we have purchased, we are in the process of purchasing land and building our own home, our future home. So if you're a sub listening to this show, <laughs> please reach out because we are taking bids. <laughs> we have, you know, some crazy folks for, for clients, but. Crazy, crazy folks. Yeah, you'll know everything about us. We're on the podcast. so That's right. You'll know ahead of time what you're getting into. That's exactly right. To close this episode out. Remember who you serve. 100% remember who you serve. Customers matter. Without customers, there's no business. We're not building homes. If we're not building homes, you're not servicing homes. And if you're not servicing homes, we're all out of business. True that. Y'all have a good week. Pieces. Yeah.